Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third. You're listening to the podcast version of the CBS Sports Galazzo Network show. You can watch us for free on connected TVs and mobile devices through the CBS Sports app, Pluto TV, and on cbssports.com and Paramount+. Welcome into Attacking Third Championship Edition. This episode is brought to you by the Marriott Bonvoy Boundless Card. Reward your passion and earn points when you stay close to the action. I'm your host, Jenny Chu, alongside Lisa Carlin, Jordan Angeli, and Darian Jenkins. And we have a new NWSL champion in Gotham. We are so happy that the final was such a great experience. Both of you were on the ground. Jordan, you were on the CBS broadcast. What was it like for you? It was amazing. I think being in this league for so long, that I played in it the second year it was here and seeing how much it has evolved that this was not even these teams weren't even the home team in San Diego and yet there were 25,000 people there it was loud uh, there were a lot of activities around it and just to see how far we come especially with the big rights media rights deal like this league is growing you want to be a part of it and on the field it is wild and crazy so it's fun to watch it was yes. it was amazing to be there. I'm so happy that you had a great time because it was awesome to see you out there. Jordan, you were, Jordan Darian, you were also out there, but you were at the Fan Fest. This is a new event, um, and it seemed like it was popping. Fan Fest was up and popping. Also, we have to give Jordan her flowers because she killed Crushed it, it and looked beautiful doing it. We love you. I was cheering you on from the field, just Thanks, trying to like peek at you and pop you the whole time. <laughs> um, no, Fan Fest was lit. I've been to a couple of finals, um, one in Louisville, one in DC, and then back in the day, but this, nothing compared to it. It honestly felt like a party, a huge celebration. It was great to see all of the sponsors truly activating and involving fans. We know how loyal NWSL fans have been, so to see them getting some love from sponsors and mm -hmm. be able to participate and like, EA Sports making your player card and there was a live DJ up there like bumping some tunes and I was trying to do interviews and me and Deanna Ordonez were like kind of dancing around. It was so <laughs> fun. But it, it's good to see the investment and just the involvement of the fans being able to engage in a really authentic way and support the players yeah. and even the merch was insane. I was like, yeah. oh, I really want to go buy some merch, but the line's too long. I got to go to some interviews. Um, it, 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 your, was, it was amazing. Was your speed high enough on your, your card? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Her defense. Her defense. Yeah, defense. Was Guys, I was trying to be... Come on. I was like, you know what? My defense... Yeah, I'm not a good defender. She's talking defender. about her EAFC <laughs> sports card that she created herself, and she gave herself like a 54 in defense, and we were giving her... Jenny, you've seen me 1v1 defend. I'm awful. I'm too tall. It's I get Meg. Yeah, blame it's it on the height. When, sure. when I think about you, I think of you as an attacker as well. Yeah. So it, make, it makes a little bit of sense. But Lisa, we were on the broadcast mm -hmm. here on uh, the Golasso Network, and we had Lola Bonta alongside oh, yeah. us, and it was so much fun to have Darian checking in with those interviews.
How amazing was it? It was fantastic. I mean, Lo did a tremendous job. She was really fun. And mm-hmm. of the fan activation and everything that was happening on the ground in San Diego, they also tried to get players involved that weren't in the championship with a skills challenge. It was yes. the first ever year for that. Lo competed. Her side, the east side, they won. Of course. She was <laughs> all hype about that as well. But I think that's a great way to encourage players that are no longer competing in the final in the league to come and activate and then fans get to and watch them money. in the skills yeah. challenge. I mean, yeah, yeah the money Dang. is cool. Did you guys get to take in the skills challenge? No, no I, I was, didn't. Sadly. I was at the field. But it seemed yeah. like from all the footage that Crystal Dunn was the highlight of the skills <laughs> yeah. challenge. You go out to see her personality. Like, shocker. Oh. Love that. Uh, but this was the most ever attended NWSL final with about 2,500 people there. Thousand. 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 I, I read Thousand. the number and I was like, that sounds incorrect. Um, but just an incredible game altogether as well. Darian, I know you got to talk to some of the winners after the match and their excitement there, but just the fact that the spectacle in terms of the final with all of the buildup was such a great product just adds so much to this. Yeah, and the fact that the home team wasn't in the final yeah. is the biggest part. And there was still such a show out of fans, so much support, such a spectacle all around San Diego. You saw people in rain jerseys, Gotham jerseys, and all the other NWSL team jerseys too. People just there to celebrate take part of it. Um, It's amazing to see the growth from previous finals and how much people took money out of their bags to come to Mm -hmm. San Diego. That's not an easy place to go. So the fact that people came from all around the country to support these players that maybe that's not even their home team, but just to support the players was incredible. And the game game could have been a lot different because neither one of these teams had given up a goal in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So it could have very well been a nil-to-nil game late in the game, a winner. It would have been dramatic, but I think that the way it played out was actually more enticing, not just for the fans there, but really more importantly for the fans that could not attend, that Mm -hmm. didn't have the funds to be there, that they could see a really good, interesting game Honestly, drama right until the from very the get-go last second to the yeah. last second. Well, can we give props here? Because Lisa was talking on our pregame show and said that if Gotham scores first, O.L. Reign is going to have to get out of their block and attack, and it's going to be better of a game. And that's exactly what ends up happening, Lisa. Yeah, I think that it changed everything. For mm-hmm. Gotham to score in the opening 30 minutes of this match, um, it did change everything, and it opened it up because those first 15 minutes or so, I don't know how you guys felt on the ground, but I was – Nervous. It was sloppy. They they couldn't connect passes. There was not a lot coming. It took a while. Yeah. I was yes. like, guys, calm down. It was a championship game. It was a, a championship game. It looked like it as it well. It takes 10, 15, yep. maybe even sometimes 20 minutes. But I did feel like once it settled, you knew who was going to win that game yeah. because Gotham found their rhythm and they found it pretty quickly after those 15 minutes. And, man, it, they, they created a lot there. They were stringing together, Gotham, so many passes, and that's what was really impressive to see, that it wasn't just with the back four or five, including their goalkeeper, but they had spells of possession where it was 15, 16, 17. We were watching in the green room counting, like 17, 18, 19 passes, and then they would lose it, but it would be in the creativity uh, that they lost it or in their very final moment of the attacking third trying to get a shot on goal or something. It was really good football from Gotham. Something else I love, too, watching Gotham is the interchanging of positions. How many times did you see Jenna Nicewanger dribbling inside, bouncing off with Delaney Sheehan, playing to Lynn Williams and continuing her run? Esther back in the mm-hmm. defensive third, picking the ball up and yeah. dribbling. Um, Lynn Williams and Midge doing the same thing, like they were outside backs. I think that it was a full team win. That's yeah. the most collective I've seen them play 
defensively and offensively, and they deserve the yeah. win. Quickly on OL Reign, I felt like they had been playing in this mid-block and trying to jump passes for the whole, even their last games of the uh, regular season. And once that wasn't working and they weren't creating anything going forward, it was like they didn't have an answer yeah. to how to attack once they needed to attack. Once they were down a goal two times, they couldn't figure it out. So uh, that was really interesting to me on an OL Reign team who we talk about as very good in the channels. We didn't see much of that from them mm -hmm. at all. I think it's because Megan Rapinoe went down so early. She's, I don't know. She's a player that whips in so many crosses, though, and she brings a creativity spark to that front line and that attacking presence of O.L. Reign. And without her, I, I liked Bethany Balser in that mix a lot, actually. I, I'm glad that she got to play 85 minutes or so mm -hmm. of this championship game because Bethany Balser deserves it. But I think with Rapino going down in the opening five minutes, it sent a little bit of confusion throughout the team for them to reorganize and get back on a game plan. Well, we're talking so much about the tactical aspects of the game. Um, Sandra Herrera joins us next to talk more on the final. We're going to talk some Ali Krieger and the amazing atmosphere that was at Snapdragon Stadium. Stay with us. final to an epic journalist we now welcome in Sandra Herrera Sandra happy to have you here with us thrilled to be here three to be thrilled to be back with you all and chat all about the NWSL championship even though I'm still maybe buzzing and feeling a little bit of the effects <laughs> of all the events Retweet. that means you lived it well and I'm happy I'm happy to hear that um what an epic <laughs> ending though to the season to the year to so much that has happened in the NWSL and women's soccer the fact that there were so many people at the final the fact that there were events around the final I mean this has been you know a process for it to grow to this moment how was it Incredible to see um, in person in the buildup in the days leading into this championship final. There was a lot of discussion. There was a lot of quotes and, and comments that we heard from players who had been there in this moment before, uh, head coaches who had been there in this moment before, but even really big time elite players who maybe haven't been to this moment yet and kind of wondering what this was going to feel like. And to be there in the moment, I think you got all your answers immediately, whether you were coming in through the airport, taking a look at all the promotional signage, the expanded events that took place throughout the course of the days leading up to this championship final. And um, to, to hear from players who had been there before, I think was, was most special to me because there was this commonality, you know, in discussing where the final has been and where it is now and really to where it's going, whether it was chatting with Lynn Williams or Megan Rapino or Allie Krieger, Laura Harvey, just kind of hearing them talk about how this is so much of a big spectacle now kind of is really a turning point for the league moving forward. Sandra, I want to talk a little bit about the game because we actually got a really good final, um, despite maybe some snoozers of playoffs leaving, leading up to it. This game was really good and really impressive. Throughout the 90 minutes of this match, which player in particular stood out to you besides Mitch, Mitch Purse? I'm going to take away the MVP from you. You can't pick her. I mean, look, I, I already chose her. She, I voted for her for MVP. So, so I hear you 100% on that. But uh, I think Mandy Hawk coming coming up big in certain moments, and and unfortunately having to leave at the end of that game, I think is a lot to there's a lot to be said about uh, her performance there. Lynn Williams coming up big. I think even on the other side of the ball, though, um, Rose Lavelle, I think had an incredible performance. 
on the pitch, getting that equalizer uh, to kind of really keep O.L. Reign in the game and kind of slicing and dicing up the, the pitch herself. Uh, it was You could see the, the players who wanted to kind of make sure that they left their imprint on, on the game. So whether it was Purse or Williams or Gonzalez, and then even on the other side in Lavelle, these are smart players to sort of kind of tap into the magnitude of that moment, having dealt with kind of the, the really erring, early jarring kind of injury that took place with, with Megan Rapino, that kind of resets things for a game. And we heard them talk about that a lot in, in post-game comments, whether it was in the mix zone or in the press conference, that you kind of had to hit a reset button like two minutes into the game and then kind of find your way pushing through it. So I think the players you could see on the pitch, the ones who were coming together, trying to make sure that they were present in that moment, ultimately ended up being the ones kind of pushing through and giving us some really incredible performances. Sandra, I know what it takes to prep for games like this. As someone who calls the games, there are moments that go or storylines that go unused. So for you, in the preparation for this game and what happened after the game, what's something that happened maybe in the mix zone? Maybe it was a, a stat you found that goes unnoticed and you really want to share with everybody all the work that you have put into this final. Yeah, I think that's a wow. Thanks, Jordan. That's a great question. Um, I, I think, you know, kind of getting a chance to, to speak with so many players about this this moment. I think when you look into each team's the, the really big storylines that that folks were walking away with was the the head to head between you know Megan Rapinoe, Ali Krieger, uh, you know these two legends of the game who are going to be you know making their exit. Even Laura Harvey, you know, a head coach who's, who's been around a long time um, and has even been at this moment before. But I think when you look across those rosters, we know that there were players that had had been there before and not just been there to that particular moment but with their teams i i love that you look at gotham and you see longtime players like mandy freeman getting an opportunity to to lift this trophy uh kristen edmonds someone who has been an absolute journey woman in this league and has had quite the career to be able to get to this moment and and lift the trophy with with this club um and then even on the old rain side of things chatting a little bit with Roosevelt, it was almost like i was getting interviewed when we were chatting a little bit about the the concept of a big game this is the world cup winner but she asked me at one point if this was all kind of normal meaning all the attention and and everything around this game so that was also very interesting to me but you know sofia huerta as well for for all rain again players in this league for a long time, having this this moment, this opportunity in front of them and being able to just really embrace that. Sandra, speaking of storylines that deserve a lot of credit, Yael Averbush deserves all of her flowers. Speaking of a former player that's gone into a front office position and turned this club from zero to hero, bottom of the table to NWSL championship. Can you talk about her impact to the game and to Gotham FC specifically? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a, a former player, like you said, who has been involved in NWSL and through her playing days, uh, but even with <laughs> formerly Sky Blue FC. So talking, we're talking about someone who's literally seen the evolution of this particular franchise. She's no stranger to those big, big moments, having won uh, with a, a franchise that no longer exists in FC Kansas City. Uh, so to have someone uh, of her caliber, of her experience, to be in a position where she maybe thought she never would see herself 
I think also speaks volumes of the league and where it's going. I don't think that's where we want to say where they're at, because that's something that I'm taking away from the players out of this championship as well, that this is just that first turning point. This isn't the pinnacle. This is like a moment where they want to spin it forward and continue to make sure that they are striving for more and obtaining more for future big games like this down the road. So having people like Yali Bush West in her role, players and Megan Rapino and Ali Krieger saying their farewells, being able to kind of document the history of these things in literal real time as two players who were going to play in this final and a GM who got to this moment who maybe caught a little bit of flack for some of those early offseason moves, you know, and but that's part of the role in, in, in getting into a general manager role or a sporting director role. You you make moves, you sign off on the on deals that may or may not pay off. And so in this case, to see it happen for a former player who has been through something, so has had a role in helping NWSL sustain its footing, whether it's been as a player, as someone uh, forming the early beginnings of what eventually became a players association and now in the front office as an executive, as a general manager, I think it shows the different type of ways that former players can really have an impact on not just the game, but this league specifically. Yes, Sandra, I love that answer right there, that former players can have their impact on this league. And Yael Everbush really does deserve so much credit in everything that she has done there. Um, but I do want to talk about Ali Krieger because we know that she just won her championship and she has had such a storied career. And we talk about that impact that players make. And it seems like everybody that talks about Ali says that she has left such a positive impact on them. What have you heard from all the players around? It's been exactly that. I mean, speaking to her in postgame as well, we sort of bonded over that loss in 2016. The 2016 NWSL Championship Final was the first championship final that I got to cover in a media capacity. And hearing her speak a little bit about that kind of brought back a lot of, of memories. And then hearing from Mitch Purse, you know, the player who wins the MVP award for the finals, her teammates talking about their efforts to want to rally behind her and make sure sure that she gets to the top of this mountain and it didn't matter if it was a rookie in Jenna Nyschwanger or players who who have seen this league grow and go different places in, in Manishim or Sinead Fairley. So everyone kind of on the same page in terms of her impact on the pitch. But not just her impact on the pitch, their impact on themselves as players. Someone who was incredibly present for them as a person and teammate. And I think that's one of the biggest legacies moving forward, just how she made others around her feel. Sandra, thank you so much. I completely agree with you. You know, that's the lasting impact that you have on people, and we're so glad that she had it. And then she got her good ending here, saying goodbye to the game. Sandra, get some sleep. You've been busy. <laughs> Sleep. Jordan and, and Darian, too. They got to catch up as well. <laughs> we, we, need a, a we need a power nap. We're <laughs> energized. We're energized. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Sandra. Across the pond this weekend, the WSL's match day six was in action with an epic blowout and comeback and a huge upset. More on that next on Attacking Third, brought to you by the Marriott Bonvoy Boundless Card. Reward your passions and earn points when you stay close to the action.
Here's a look at the results from the Barclays Women's Super League action. Manchester United thumped West Ham 5-0. Tottenham and Liverpool settle for a point apiece in a one-all draw. And Chelsea cruise to a 3-0 win against Everton. Brighton upset Manchester City in Manchester with a 1-0 victory. And Aston Villa get the win on the road against Bristol City. Arsenal go down 2-0 but come roaring back to defeat Leicester 6-2. Let's go straight into these highlights. We're going to start with Manchester United against West Ham. Yes, so here we have Manchester United who got a 5-0 win over West Ham. We're going to go over JC, the Barcelona and Brazilian international who ends up just getting in front of the keeper and being brave, putting her head into the mix and slotting one home for the first goal for United, which became a trend of backline a little bit sleepy for West Ham. And then we have Millie Turner who made an amazing run, went 1v1 and puts this screamer back post with her right foot. Something else we also saw later in the game from Lucia Garcia. Um, goal, goal number three from her. She, the ball over the top puts her in behind. Teammate lets her have it. She brings it down beautifully, cuts it, and then another curler back post that seals the win for Man United against West Ham. They were on fire this game. We love to see a high-scoring game, don't we? Yeah, I love that finish do. too. Not so high scoring here. Manchester City against Brighton. A huge upset, Jenny. This is the first time Brighton has beaten City in the league. The first time they've taken points off them since 2020. Watch this ball coming in. Alana um, Kennedy, she gets pulled over wide, and that forces Esme Morgan, the right back, to be pulled out of position. It's Lee who gets this goal in the 81st minute. Um, however, City, they had a number of chances throughout this match. They hit the post twice. This is the second one in the stoppage time, and Brighton snapping their three-game winless streak with this massive win. We go over to Everton against Chelsea. That happened at Walton Hall Park, um, and we see... Sam Kerr get a header off here. The ball is supposed to go out, but Jesse Fleming volleys it into the back corner. Beautiful volley from the Canadian international there. Out of reach for the goalkeeper. And on this ball, a quick cross, and Sam Kerr just puts her boot to it. That hits the back of the post as well, uh, the back of the net there. And on this one, it's a single-handed from Beaver Jones as she finds the back of the net on this cut inside to her left foot and a bit swing in. You see the Blues celebrating their win there. We move on now to Leicester City against Arsenal. And this for Arsenal looked like it was going well. They had a lot of chances early in the match, but they were unable to put any away. And Leicester City made them pay, going up two goals within two minutes of each other. But Arsenal, in the second half, found a way to roar back. A, a really a different team from Arsenal because they finished. That goal is from Alicia Russo. And then this combination play in the middle of the field. Palova finishes it. Six goals in the second half for this Arsenal squad. It was a nice comeback from them. 100%. I think that was the, the most interesting game of the weekend, though, because they go down two goals, and then they come back with six. I mean, that's a statement if I've seen any. And uh, for Leicester, that was their first ever goal against Arsenal, and yeah. they got one, and then a second one just minutes later, as Jordan mentioned during those highlights. Um, and Arsenal, they looked silly mm -hmm. because they couldn't really come back. Finally, they got woken up, and, and of course, six goals, but six different goal scorers as well. Yeah. That just goes to show you the depth that Arsenal has to have six different mm -hmm. goal scorers. Mm -hmm. And I love that their coach was saying, we're not done. Yeah. We're not done. After they got the one goal back, he knew that they were going to be cooking. And I mean, eight goals, that's an insane yeah. game.
We need to get out there. We need to be at a WSL match. Ooh. Be live Ooh. for sure. Put it into the energy. Yes. Which one's my camera? Where's my camera? Where's my camera? Come on. Um, but you say, see... give me my single on those moments. <laughs> Which one's my single? <laughs> see Chelsea get another win. This Emma Hayside that has a lot of conversation around her leaving at the end of the season. She came out with a statement saying that she is leaving to spend more time with her son and to not look into anything else and all the other rumors that are going into it. What do you think about that, Jordan? I think it's a good statement from Emma. I don't know how true it is, but I think it was a good statement because that's the difficult part right now is she has spent so much time at Chelsea. She wants to honor her time there because it has changed her life, literally yeah. changed her life and brought her opportunities that she wouldn't have had if she wouldn't have the success she did at Chelsea. So I think that it's a great thing to say, and I also still think she is going to be the U.S. Women's National Team coach and her son will be with hey, her. fingers crossed there. Fingers crossed there. That's something good. Um, she also obviously has a history in the United States. She, she was coaching here. Um, and then to take the Chelsea team from what it was, absolutely mm -hmm. basically nothing and did not exist. These players were, um, yeah, go ahead, Lisa. I mean, exactly. The, the way that she was able to turn this club around and, and make them fully women's professional team with four consecutive titles. And after this match for Chelsea, looked like that fifth one could also be in grasp mm -hmm. a, a little bit. They looked dominant throughout this match. Yes, but that Champions League, that is just out of her reach, it seems. Do you think this is the year, Darian? I think so. We're kind of in a, oh, in a time wow. where, you know, there's extra motivations where people are leaving clubs, people are retiring, and we've seen those teams succeed and, you know, go to bat for each other. So I do think all that she's done for this program in women's soccer, the players are going to rally behind her, and it's, it's just what's missing. And I think, I think they can do it. All right, what do you think, Jordan? You both look doubtful. <laughs> Champions League already is wild this year, so yeah. we haven't even gotten to the group know. stages, and I'm not going to count them out, but I also know it's going to be a difficult task. Well, you're talking about Champions League. We're going to go ahead and preview this week's big matches from the Champions League when we come back. The Women's Champions League group stage kicks off this week, and right off the bat, there are a few big matches. I'm seeing Bayern against Roma here, Barcelona against Benfica, Paris FC, who were upsetting quite a few people on their way here, against Haken, Ajax against PSG. Ladies, which ones of these are standing out to you, Lisa? Uh, for me, it's got to be Bayern Munich versus Roma. This is two teams that are looking for redemption. They were both last knocked out quarterfinals of Champions League last year. They're head of their respective leagues, and it's going to be a big showdown between these two sides. I'm excited for it. We love a good showdown. Jordan, what about you? I'm going to go with Darian's Chelsea in this one. <laughs> They're playing Real Madrid, and these two oh, teams no. <laughs> faced each other last year in the group stage as well. Chelsea winning the group, and Real Madrid didn't make it out, but they have Linda Caicedo now. They have Haley Rapp. So I think this Real Madrid team will give Chelsea a little bit of a run for their money. I like that. Darian. Darian's Chelsea. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll, I'll claim it. We can, we can run with it. Uh, I'm going to go with Barcelona Benefica. You know, Barcelona, the obvious favorites, but I do think Benefica, they have Jess Silva. They have threats up top. I think that they're coming together as a team. Um, I think that it's going to be a really good game, but I do think Barcelona is going to come out on top. Their history has proven they've beaten Benefica twice in last Champions League. So 
I'm excited for the matchup, and we love to see Barca play. Yeah. Of course. Always fun it's to see Barcelona so play. Mm -hmm. It'll be fun, especially when you're looking at some of these players that we just oohed and odd over at the World Cup. Now we get to watch them in Champions League go for back-to-back -back titles. So they're, they're the team to beat, so we'll see if Benfica can give them a run for their money. Mm -hmm. Well, another one on this list is Ajax and PSG. PSG is unbeaten in 11 away games, and Ajax haven't lost in 20 matches. So both these teams on really great runs, Lisa. Yeah, I think it'll be a showdown. I mean, all of these matches, frankly, across the Champions League, it's just a different level and a different competition when you get to this Champions League, and yeah. that's what I'm excited yeah. to see. And well, you can't sleep on Paris. They beat yeah. Wolfsburg, yes. they beat Arsenal, yes. knocked out some giants. So I think Paris is still looking to make their way, too. 100%. And you know what Esther said, that playing in the NWSL is like playing in the U.S. Sorry, the U.S. The Champions League yeah. for yeah. women's. And that was a great quote to hear from her there. Mm -hmm. um, well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to Attacking Third, brought to you by the Marriott Bonvoy Boundless Card. Reward your passions and earn points when you stay close to the action. We're going to be back on Friday at 8 p.m. to recap all of the women's Champions League action. So make sure you guys tune in then.